One, two, three. We blow trees. Three, four, five. It's my time. Seven, eight, nine. Time to shine. Rivers rising. Ain't nowhere to go. Run and hide. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The flow is still growing. The smoke is still blowing. I like the smoke in the morning. In the movies, back rowing. Yanni in the back rolling. Pana, backwards rolling. Back streets strolling. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, the blunt is mine. I like to smoke inside. It is 10 p.m. here in Spain. We just had a wonderful dinner. Martin and I. Well, he ate. I just gave him company. Because, you know, sometimes, as the Italians say, it is unhealthy to eat alone. That shit will make you choke. So, you know, even if you ain't got nothing to eat, and if you don't, even if you ain't got no money to eat, ain't nothing wrong with giving somebody some company. You know what I'm saying? All we can do sometimes is lend an ear. Lend an ear. Whether or not you care to hear. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whether or not you are mentally here. Just pretending like you are listening, because sometimes that's all that person wants, you know. Even when we ask for criticism sometimes, you know, sometimes we're just asking for reaffirmation. We want to hear the critique that we want to hear. We want to hear the feedback that we want to hear. So sometimes, almost most of the time, it's actually pointless to ask for criticism. Because at the end of the day, if you know, you know. You know what I mean? If you generally don't know, yeah, you might be asking. But for so many of us, we do know. Yet we ask anyway. So I don't know what's best to do. Some, is it best... You know, do you want to put your feedback, do you want to put the hands of the criticism that's going to fuel you in the hands of your own or the hands of others? You know what I mean? Whose opinion you're going to hold up to praise so much? Yours? Yours truly? You know what the fuck I got to say or someone else got to say or family, friends, people on your street corner. It is very interesting to see. You know, this is something I've had to learn I guess, coming to a foreign country, moving to Spain. Certain things of how to carry yourself, how to bring yourself. What I learned is, and what you can easily apply, even though if you never have moved abroad or traveled abroad, or you're going to be in the same place your entire fucking life, because I'm pretty sure they say a lot of times, like half of Americans never leave the town that they're in. They never leave the uh, area that they were born in. And it's like, okay, if I move to Spain or tomorrow I move to Italy, ain't nobody there know who the fuck I was yesterday. You know what I'm saying? I can always, I can be a different person every 15 minutes. I don't have to be the same person I was a half an hour ago. And none of them will know. I could be, I could, be, I won't say a word like, oh, yeah, that's the quiet dude. You know what I mean? I could be cracking jokes like, oh, yeah, he's goofy. I could be so serious and be like, hey, don't, don't play around with Zay. He's a very serious dude. You know what I mean? And it's like, doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't fucking matter a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. And it's like, is it that hard to do when the people around you grow up with a certain expectation of who you are and they know who you are and they see you and how you act and everything and it sort of puts you in a box? You know, sometimes these chains are like way more mental than physical and being put, J. Cole, Bob Marley. <laughs> and it's like you being put into a sort of expectation that a role that you sort of play into. You know what I'm saying? There's certain stigmas, there's certain things that. We just sort of play into Frankenstein was not a Frankenstein's monster wasn't a monster until everybody started saying, "Damn, that's Frankenstein's monster," and they treated the monster like a monster, so it reacted in the way that it was treated, in the way that it was seen, but it didn't see itself that way. You know what I'm saying? I think Frankenstein's a very powerful book. I mean, I had to read that in high school. Maybe some of y'all had to read that too, but it's like. There's a reason that some of these books get assigned in high school. There's a reason some of these teachers really want to go into these books. And some people might see, me, see it as pointless. But if you have a good teacher, and I was grateful to have a lot, 
then you get to see things in a different perspective and you get to see it from somebody that's had to explain it a million thousand times. And it's like when you've gone through explaining things so many different times, that's the beautiful thing as a teacher. It's like, you know, someone tweeted this or I read this somewhere. I can't remember where exactly. I don't want to misquote, but sometimes I don't want to say without giving it its due quote was that teaching was like playing jazz. You know, you can have the same people, the same people playing the same instruments and you're like making music, but it's never the same twice. It's like it is actually always different. And it's almost like that, you know, every lecture and every class, same material, same books is always going to be in a way like a little bit different. And I don't know. I, I feel like with me, like. Like rapping every time has felt different. Every time I've gone in with a new track, with a new beat and like learning, like in the act of doing it, you learn how to do it. And in the doing of it, you realize that there isn't one way of doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, sure, some things got to be exactly the same way. Cooking, that's that's a very hard job. There's a routine to it. And if you make a dish and you're known for a certain dish, I don't care if I ate there a week ago or three years ago. When I come back, I expect to eat that dish and remember eating with the same taste, the same everything. That level of consistency is what makes cooking and makes cuisine a really hard fucking job because it's that consistency that people expect in the taste and so the way you cooked it might have been different because cooking is like math, right? Baking is like chemistry. Everything got to be exactly. But with cooking, you can manipulate certain things. Certain things get overdone. You know how to mix with other things because there's a ways of moving around the taste to get it sort of to, towards an equilibrium. And when you do that with cooking, at the end of the day, you know, no one cares what's going on in the back of that kitchen. When the food comes out, when the plate lands on my fucking table... I want that taste to be the same as I remember it. And you got to put now you're hold, now you're fighting against people's expectations, fighting people's memory and their taste buds. That's what you're competing against when you're putting in all this hard work, all this time and energy in that kitchen, because your work time is everybody else's play time. And that was just some of my key takeaways from this book called Heat. I don't remember the author because I don't have the physical cover of the book with me in Spain. That's one of the great, great things about physical books is you get to hold them, especially if you get to if you're in a privilege of being able to collect books because, you know, renting through a library and then renting through them online. too. it's like you get to read shit, but then you forget where you get shit from. And uh, that's one of my goals one day is to have like a badass library. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so, yeah, that's one of my key takeaways from this book. He about this dude was a writer who knows this um restaurant owner italian cuisine in new york ends up starting working like from the bottom up as a line cook you know like basically like cleaning shit cutting shit and then slowly cooking goes to italy stays with these people that have been butchers and shit for generations and he's learned all these things from the process and you learn so much things about life when it comes when it comes down to food of course my biggest takeaway and when everything comes down to all this with food and everything it's like you gotta eat to live but don't live to eat you know what I mean? And it's the same thing with other things. Like, if you need to pray or you need religion to live, good, but don't live for that. If you need smoke to get through your day, like, you know, you know, smoke to live, but don't live to smoke. You know what I'm saying? So eat to live, don't live to eat. And look at things in terms of moderation, in terms of appreciation, where all these things come from. You know what I mean? Different recipes, different spices show a lot about, sure, our culture, but also uh, religious influences, which tie into geography, which tie into personal uh, developments and creativity, right? The way someone cooks and the way someone mixes things, it's like, who the hell? You know what I mean? Certain things you start wondering, like, who the hell was thinking of mixing this shit? 
and certain dishes are amazing. Like grape leaves, one of my favorite dishes of all times. Uh, I like simple things too. Like you can put on the plate, you know, just some cut up tomatoes, some cucumbers, some olives, some hummus, some yogurt, some jam, you know, some bread, you know, some olive oil and za'atar and like some tea. And shit, I'm straight. You know what I'm saying? Certain things is great. To, those a lot of times the simple shit that we love the most. You know what I mean? Damn, I just want some patine. I just want some fries, some gravy, some cheese. Like that shit is simple. Is simplicity at its finest. Like the acronym KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. And um, I'm gonna have a hard time recording this shit actually because I'm doing it on my laptop, which doesn't hold on. I don't think it allows me. I don't think it allows me to like stop, like pause it like I can do on my phone. So basically, I just had to keep this on one shot, one rolling. And um, that's the way I usually like it anyway. It's usually that sort of pressure. And people always ask me like, Tim, you can talk a lot. It's almost seemed like you can constantly talk. I don't know where that shit comes from. I really don't. <laughs> I try to tell people I'm a shy, introverted person. Nobody fucking believes me. And it goes back. It's what I'm telling you. It goes back to that sort of role and expectation you get from people based off knowing you as the goofy one or something like that and it's hard to sort of express that and share that when everywhere you go people carry a different thing from you and the way first impressions are are so powerful you know what i'm saying it's like i could you could see me one time in a certain way and i could be totally different the next three four five times after that but you will still probably hold me and categorize me as the way you saw me that first time no matter how it was, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying the role that that first impression will play will probably take over more than the next few times you're going to see me after that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, sure, first impressions are one thing, but I always take away from my first impression, shit, that was the first time I met that person. They could have been nervous as hell meeting me. They could have just came from a serious meeting. They could have just came from breaking up with their girl. I mean, there's so many personal things in the back of that person's mind in their life and everything. I'm not here to judge. You know what I mean? I'm not Jesus' assistant or Muhammad's assistant. I am simply another zoo with my own shit too. And the more we realize that, the other people got their own shit. Other people are fucked up too. In some ways, other people got fucked up parents and fucked up relationships and fucked up jobs and boring ass shit they got going on. The more we can focus on our own selves and the more each person empowers their own self, I think we can lead to a lot of creative and beneficial things for mankind because it is amazing for us that we can easily, within seconds, solve anybody's problem, anybody's solution. Tell me what's going on with anybody's life right now, and we and I'll tell you exactly what they should do. Tell me something's going on in my own life and how to fix that. No fucking clue. No clue. And it works like that with everybody. That's why they say talking to a stranger is often always best because a stranger you know a stranger got no emotional attachment to you it's going to become unbiased they're going to see things based off the way you've given them and respond to the facts they've been given so more or less it's great to talk to a stranger for that sort of unbiasedness but it's you also need to have good friends that are going to be as much as unbiased with you as possible good family too people that are going to give it to you straight you know what i'm saying like if you look at the um the 85 South Comedy Show and the way they literally roast every single person, every person that works there, every guest that's there themselves. And they said it all the time, too. Like before they say shit about other people, they, they roast the shit of themselves, too. Their closest friends, too, because it's like if you hear some crazy shit from someone off the street, but you heard it first from the people closest to you, ain't going to phase you. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Who gives a fuck? I heard that already. You know what I mean? Like the people closest to me already said that. They already called me out on that. Like, I don't give a fuck what you random ass got to say. So, 
at least the people closest to you are willing to say shit in front of you, not shit behind you. You know what I mean? And not constantly develop a sort of second conversation they carry behind you and versus another persona and character and conversation they carry in front of you, around you. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you don't want to get, uh, like how I met your mother with the, was the episode with the, bar, with the bartender and I think he got like uh, arrested for like this fight. And he's like, you stabbed me, stabbed me, um, damn, what do you say? You stabbed me in the back right to my face. And it's like... <laughs> I, I don't know what he, the dude was trying to say. And I know it's just a TV show, but it's like, yeah, it kind of makes me think of that. Like that sort of relationship of being stabbed. You know, sometimes people are stabbing you behind the back, literally in front of your face and you don't even know it. It is just the way these things play out. There's certain things that get lift, left under the midst of smoke that you don't always see until it clears. You know what I'm saying? So hold on. My, I'm gonna. I want to drink. Always drink water before you smoke, during and after. You know, stay hydrated and don't smoke like... Don't smoke. Would you drink eight liters of water in like five minutes? No. That's probably not a good idea because you know when you drink too much water in a short amount of time, you can literally die. Because what happens is through the process of osmosis, you know, water diffuses from areas of higher concentration to areas of lower concentration. So when you drink so much water in a short amount of time, like some of these people have done in competitions and actually die, you can search that shit out. I ain't playing. There is more. There is more water outside of your cells than inside. So water is gonna go through your cell membrane, membrane, the barrier of your cells, and it's gonna cause them to inflate, cause them to swell up and get bigger, and then they'll explode. And when you got all these cells exploding in your body, pop, 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 you die. So moderate yourself stay hydrated like with water it's good to drink throughout your day don't wait through periods of the day when you've been like severely dehydrated having drink and then you start chugging no keep yourself level and hydrated throughout the day you know be peeing in and out you know you don't have the clearest urine but you don't want to have the darkest shit either and the same thing with smoking i feel like a lot of times it's like all right do what you got to do you know your body but then keep yourself level keep yourself chill a lot of things always comes back to moderation you know what i'm saying like so many people like in the morning, right when they start work, damn, I drink three cups of coffee. Damn, start with a little bit in the morning, take another one later. You know what I mean? Like you see in Europe and the Middle East, we take a lot of coffee breaks. A lot of, a lot of us don't drink coffee a lot all in one time or when we start work or something. It's just a little bit, little bit, little bit because the idea of us coffee in, in Europe and Middle East is like an espresso. You know what I mean? It's like small cup of coffee versus, you know, let me get a tall, let me get a large, whatever the sizes are in freaking places in Starbucks. I don't know. I never, never buy coffee. But... You know, those big shits, you know, American black coffee, you know, that liquidy shit, it's like juice, it's like black juice, you know what I'm saying? And people will be chugging that shit. But you just get a little bit of an espresso, you know, with a cigarette, you're going to be straight the whole day. You know what I mean? At least for the morning to like lunch and then lunch, you know, have your lunch, have your little soup, your little salad, your main course, little dessert, little coffee, take your nap come back at it again. You know what I'm saying? Maybe have like something with milk or a little decaf at night still be drinking first thing in the morning you should drink is water you know what i mean because it's called breakfast break the fast you know what i mean and i know this personally because in ramadan when you when you're fasting a whole month what is the first thing anybody does when they've been fasting all day i don't care old to the little the first thing everybody does is they drink water that's the first thing literally everybody does so if you've been sleeping eight, nine hours, that has been a fast for your body. So the first thing you do in the morning when you break fast is 
drink water. First thing you do when you wake up, pee, you know, like unload the tank and then fill that shit back up. What else do I have to talk about? Damn, 16 minutes. See, that's already longer than I thought I'd be going off of. I'm trying to build some consistency with y'all, but ain't nobody reaching out to me. Like, I still don't know who in Washington, Virginia, been watching my shit, but I fuck with you. I appreciate you. Tweet me. Bro, if you tweet me and give me your number, shit, bro, we can have these conversations all the fucking time. If you've been, like, you know, laughing or thinking of some shit that I said, like, I would like, I'm just, like, generally doing this for, you know, for the conversations and the interactions we can create with people. Now, obviously, it is always best to have interaction with people in your local area, right? It's good to see people face-to-face and in your micro, in your day-to-day to be living in the moment, living with people around you. Because I was reading an article the quarantine that a lot of people were struggling, including myself, that unfortunately we were having more interactions and conversations virtually through the phone than we were in person. That's not good for us. It should be majority in person than a little bit through the phones. You know what I mean? You should be replying late to people but not being late to the people in real life. And late is a very, you know, flexible term around me but hopefully around you too don't be taking shit so personal like germans and shit if you five minutes late to take it so offensive like give me a fucking break five minutes like oh my gosh time is money for you student broke ass it don't make no difference take your time don't be in a rush don't be disrespectful to people's time but don't think that person's time is more precious than yours you know what i'm saying brown people time let's all live in peace oh yeah how can it be social politics is always hot politics and god climate change burning up changing things a lot i am listening oh shit do what that thing <laughs> lauren hill I, I don't know if y'all listen. I don't know if they're that good, but I've been like learning shit. Like Brazilian pop has a station on Apple Music Radio, and that's where I picked up some like new tracks. Sometimes I listen to pop and Spanish one, but the classic hip hop one isn't bad either. There's a French rap too one to learn new different artists and shit like that. It's cool to diversify what you listen to, not just genre to genre, but even within your own genre to be listening to diverse pieces within that. Because you could see within each genre that people pull in from different influences to execute in that own genre. And there's different takes and different styles and shit like that. And I think it's cool. Like Andre 3000, I think that's like the only dude, only rapper from the South that's in people's top five. You know what I mean? I don't think there's really any other ones in the top five. And in people's top five, like in like in some of the best peoples and common on the streets, there's not other many rappers you'll see in the top five, as, especially as much as that will come up as Andre 3000, which I think sucks because the South, especially if we're looking at Atlanta, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of great talent. And the way I see it is like Atlanta's like, did I mention this before? I'm not sure I have. Atlanta's like the Brazil of the US. It is sort of like this awesome chill place like brazil that produces all this great talent that likes to go play in europe for a little bit shine in barcelona like Neymar Ronaldinho. but then after some point a little bit you know what i'm saying they go back to their country they play there they chill there and that's it and atlanta's kind of like that like i think the only reason you don't see all this shine from the south from atlanta is like you do but then they just go back there and i think there's nothing wrong with that but it would be great in the future to be 
putting most Southern artists and showing that influence in the hip hop because for me, it's like the South is where it is. Like if anybody's going to the US right now, like in the future of like for tourism and recommend what, where to go, go to the South, bro. You want to see some of the realest white people? It's in the South. Now, I don't know there's a lot of bullshit and racism and shit like that, but I really don't fuck with white people that much. Like I got a few white friends. Put it this way. I got more than white friends than most white people claim they have black and brown friends. That's for damn sure. And I've had plenty of white friends in the past, but I don't know. It's always been easier to burn bridges with white friends than it has been with other people because they kind of make it easier for you. You know what I mean? They kind of do most of the work for you. And um, and that's coming from a dude that's even moved around. So it's like, at the end of the day, those are some of the people in the South where there's certain values and certain traditions that an immigrant family like mine could easily fuck with. You know what I'm saying? Could easily relate and see with black and white. You know, in Florida and Alabama, you know, it's and, and with Latinos too. There's a lot of certain things that boom, it's out of respect. You know, like hey, I got you. You got me last time. You know what I mean? There's certain things that they see the way they check up on you and shit like that. You know what I mean? You shake somebody's hand. That shit's a signed deal in Texas. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's what I I I gave you my hand, right? I mean that that's my word. Like I don't bullshit with that. And you see those things, and it's like. I don't think I am that way because of where I grew up. I just think it was sort of a great mix. It's a great blend. And what's funny is coming from the South in a country where my parents weren't born in, but then you look at my dad and where he's from in Palestine, and it's like, oh, shit, my dad has a country accent in Arabic. They come from the countryside. My mom comes was born and raised in the countryside of Venezuela in the South there. You know what I mean? Poor people, schools that got closed. Whenever time high school kids didn't want to go, they just like close the gate no school you know what i mean they didn't have major things major things to do and shit like that you know my cousin walid he's in florida now but it's like he grew up doing the same shit as me you know what i mean he loved mudding loved fishing uh, the nature the hiking the shooting like all that shit you know he dressed up in those jeans and boots and camel shirt and you know and and baseball caps just like the rednecks up you know in panama city would dress coming to school like so it's it's cool to see that that there are within each race each race is gonna have its own white black and brown people you know what i'm saying there's a lot of errors i'm looking at like damn we really like black and Latinos. I could see why we're always hanging out with Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, and black folk. Like, that makes sense. And then there's some Arabs, some of the shit they say in zoo, you're like, oh, damn. They're like the white equivalent in the Arab world. And then you see white people. You know, some white people are like, damn, they are really white. <laughs> and some of them are not. Some of them just ain't. You know what I mean? There's a lot of white dudes that love to fuck with a lot of black folk. And, you know, like to go out with black women, too. And it, You know what I mean? And some black guys that just really like to be around black people, white people, like to dress like white. I mean, the idea of raising the way that the way you look and it's the way to act and it's a way to talk and it's a way to dress. It's a lot of bullshit. Like someone said, oh, you talk white or whatever this is, you know what I mean? Or having a certain slang or whatever to your voice or something like that is, um, you know, speaking black. I don't know. To me, it's a lot of bullshit. If I look a certain way, having to talk a certain way and. It's not true, bro. I mean, I'm sure if you race and everybody within each race goes through those challenges, you know, if you're a black dude that talks white or something or just comes off that way, if you're hella light skinned and like you have that conflict between who to hang out with, white and black kids. I mean, sure, it might be an issue. I mean, I don't know, right? Everything comes from I didn't live that life and have my own have that through my own eyes. You know, I've only can see what I can see. And what I see is unfortunately is the you know, the notion that there's something genetically inherent about race. And, of course, IQ and race is a touchy subject. I saw Sam Harris made a video about that. I didn't watch the whole video. 
but how it's been like a taboo topic for a while. And I think I mentioned before in a criminology class that I took that they kept showing the IQ ranges of average society, which I here's the thing. I don't doubt what they recorded. They recorded and showed the average IQ rate lowest in the country was in the black community. And then it went to Latinos and then whites and then the highest was Asians. And again, the reason that's faulty from the start is what's white and what's Asian. You know what I'm saying? Because Palestine, Palestine is Southwest Asia, but Middle East and North Africa is considered white. Okay, and Latinos. Well, have you ever been to any Latin American countries? Diverse as a motherfucker. There are people I can pull right now from Peru or Paraguay or even Bolivia or Argentina or whatever. Even a guy I know here from Venezuela. Take their DNA test. Take the ancestry. It's 100% Dutch, 100% German, Scandinavian or some shit. And that person's going to check a Latino box and you're going to report that in a Latino section when they got Europe, 100% European ancestry genes, you know, in, in their in their blood. Like, that doesn't make any sense. There's people that are indigenous of different Latin American countries, different languages, different tribes, different history. And there's people with different immigrant mixes, Arab, European, all types of shit. So what does that even mean? And then black, what does that mean, black? Yeah, I mean, obviously... Having black skin, dark skin, they want to put someone as black. But what black means in the U.S. is much different than black in Latin America. So all the data and stuff that they gather for black folk in the U.S., a lot of those people, let's say you were doing the same test in Venezuela, Brazil, there would have been a whole different set of people not checking black. Because, you know, in the U.S., like Steph Curry would not be black in Venezuela or Brazil. That, there's way dudes that don't even have curly hair that they could have smooth white hair and still be darker than him because it's, a, because it's Caribbean places. So the role of race, there is something cultural about it as well. It's not like it is an actual science too because, you know, my professor was telling me, showing me, especially even the history department, especially in my immigration history seminar, that sub-Saharan Africa is the most genetically diverse place in the world. It's also like the most racist place and it's everybody's black. You know what I'm saying? And you can go to tribes, which my professor did like in Nigeria. He went like 12 times writing this issue, this like conflict thing that was going on i think not like an, uh, a national case i think it was a very small uh case of a town and you know people with you can ask people like what constitutes for you to hate someone else or for you to not accept somebody else and they're like oh i'm having you know a drop of blood from that village right over and then you can say well they all look the same right they're all black i was like so the race isn't just like this is white and this is black there's other things when it comes to tribal politics depending on the region and so we cannot constantly get ourselves caught into this narrative of of racial and tribal politics simply based off the experience and definition the u.s is having that's the micro sure but you got to bring it back to the macro you got to think about the country and other places and what these actually mean and combine it with the streets and the books combine it with actually what's going on what people are doing and the politics and institutions at play at the same time with what with with science and with books and with knowledge and with you know educated people discussing shit too there's a certain middle ground a combination and mixture of all these things wrapped in and at the end of the day it's like who gives a fuck bro all we do, all we do is always ask about, you know, we ask where a person's from before we even ask their name. And you know, fuck the tribe. It's all about the person inside. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, water break, ladies and gentlemen. Let me drink some of this shit.
Okay, so I've been recording for 28 minutes now. I think that's pretty cool. But now I'm about to take a hit. I double wrap my joints like Shawarma on aluminum foil. Listen to my voice, silky smooth like holy land, olive oil, moist, our rise like a whole oil. Together like sticky rice, what it means to be loyal. Watch us rising and our blood ain't royal. So, let's see if we get more topics to discuss. Alright, we'll give this like five to ten minutes to kick in. Oh my gosh. Now, interesting about Spain. There are racist people here, for damn sure. I had a discussion with some people earlier about race. And again, Certain things apply, certain things are different because Spain does have a very rich history. So it, it has been a place that has had a long history. But as a country, it's relatively new. They had a dictator, Franco, shit, just last week. There's people still alive that remember Franco. That's one of the conflicts between old and new in this country, actually. It's a conflict between old and new because you have the traditions of Catholicism in a monarchy. And the history of a dictator who was, yeah, pretty fucking racist. And you still see people like him sharing the racist, fascist ideals that still occupy this country. It's a lot of old people here. That's why I'm telling you, Spain and Italy going to look hell of a lot different in 20, 30 years when all these old people fucking die. And I'm just saying, like, in a natural sense, you know, people will change, people will leave. And then you'll see, a, like... People right now that are young and feel like they're helpless when they're 40 and 50 and they're like in these all these different levels of society and institutions and levels of power sharing and carrying this way with the same ideals and things that they've been seeing and dealing with right now. We can paint a totally different landscape in 20 or 30 years. It's not it is not that long from now. It is just around the corner. And what we struggle with a lot of the times was Khalifa tweeted this is that we feel like there is a purpose that we're not fulfilling yet right now. And because it and, you know, Gary Vee was telling this to Nipsey Hussle. It's all about timing. It's uh, it, it, it all comes down to the timing of it. There's so many things we think and we see and we feel and we have a time date and everything pinpoint for it. But we don't know when that time will actually come. Right. There's certain things we plan for. And we anticipate and we make in our plans. In our timelines, but we don't know in the actual timeline of the world, the actual timeline of the universe, when, when things will all fall in accordance with each other. And it's like Einstein said, time is relative. You know what I mean? And I think that has a whole plethora of interpretations and um, examples and demonstrations of micros and macros. You know what I mean? And it's literally just three words. You know, time is relative. It's like simple as it gets. Simply within the simple things, it's the it's when things you start digging. You know what I'm saying? Again, keep it simple, stupid. So it's like sometimes you got to keep the brand simple because you got to keep things easier for people to catch. But you get you don't get complicated. What you get is you get more complex. You know what I'm saying? Because things can be complex, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Because people like riding waves, but they need that wave to be easy to hop on at first. And then you carry them on through. You know what I mean? You feed them little by little. And you get to show them, the, you know, the ropes and everything. 
All right, so 32 minutes. Yeah, I want to keep under 33. I'm going to start wrapping things up right now so we end it under 33. Thank you all for listening. If you made it this far, I appreciate you. Uh, tweet me at Captain Hummus and tweet me Green Poison or some shit. I don't know. So I know you heard this. Yo, whoever's from Washington, bro, tweet me, bro. Don't be shy. You know what I mean? You can send me a personal message or DM on Instagram, the Captain Hummus. You know what I'm saying? It's all good. Uh, I've been having fun making these and continuing to make them in a totally different country right now. I was in Vegas when I first started making these. Now in Spain. And it's really fucking cool. It's really cool to see the growth and the change and learning more things. And I hope we can all do that every day is to learn something new. How you doing, boo? I speak a little French too. You know what I mean? It's learn a few words of a new language or some shit. Watch a new movie in different languages. Watch, you know, read articles from different places. You know, go around your neighborhood or your city like a tourist all over again. And it's just keep learning. Keep grinding. Keep swinging them punches, bro. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and don't keep swinging them like like Rocky told his son. You know, it's not how hard you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit. But keep punching back is what I'm saying. And uh, and keep taking them hits too. Because every day we've been taking a lot of hits. This Mother Nature's been taking a lot of hits, bro. And on the micro and macro, we got to swing back. Cheers.